Welcome to the Chicago Business Review, where we introduce you to some of the most successful and sharpest minds from my hometown, Chicago, so that you can find out the secrets that have helped these professionals achieve massive success. If you want to accelerate your growth in your personal and professional life so that you can do more, have more, give more, and ultimately live the life you've always desired, then sit back and stay tuned in because you are in the right place. I'm your host, Young Lee, and you are listening to the Chicago Business Review. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Chicago Business Review. I am so excited this week because we have an amazing guest. His name is Darren Schwartz, and he is currently the CEO of M3 Linked Chicago. Previously, Darren had experience helping Quicken Loans ramp up to become the number one lender in the United States. He then went on to work with Groupon and he helped grow their North American sales team from 40 to over 800 sales representatives, growing revenue by a whopping 3,000% in 17 months. That resulted in an IPO for Groupon. After that, Darren moved over to Centria Autism Services, where they became the fastest growing provider of ASD therapy, autism spectrum disorder. Now, this was an incredible accomplishment. Primary focus was really to help as many children and young adults that needed those services. And because of this, they ultimately led to the acquisition by a private equity firm. So Darren has an incredible ability for business development, sales leadership, coaching, team building, and I am so excited to bring him on so we can find out a little bit more about what he's doing currently, as well as the amazing lessons that he's learned throughout these processes. So please help me in welcoming Darren Schwartz. Hey, Darren, great to see you. Thanks very much. Happy to be here, man. I'm so excited. Like I said, uh, just incredible accolades throughout your career. You've helped so many organizations. I know there are a lot of people out there that aspire to either work with startups or grow a team. And with all of your credentials, I thought that it was so important to have you on this show this week. So first, I did mention that you are currently the CEO of M3 Linked Chicago. I was hoping that you might be able to share a little bit with our audience about M3 and what you guys are trying to do right now. Absolutely. Uh, M3 Linked Chicago is a entrepreneurial and business leader collaboration community that we're growing here. And what that means is we have CEOs and founders and owners and uh, corporate executives who get together on a regular basis, on a membership basis, to help solve each other's issues and help each other grow as people, as leaders and ultimately increase their business and revenue and economic success. That sounds incredible. I was lucky enough to be invited as a guest by you to participate in uh, 
one of those get-togethers, and it was just such an encouragement to be around other like-minded individuals that are looking to do more and achieve more, but really from a perspective of giving. Now, I know one of the things that we did on the call was practice our M3s. Could you explain a little bit more about M3 and what that stands for? Absolutely. So M3 comes from what our mission is. And everyone has three M's that they're going to talk about. And if you're going to be a guest or a member, you have to have those. Number one, what's your mastery? Like, what have you mastered? What are you really good at? And it may not be what your actual job is. It may be something else. But, you know, what are you really an expert at? Number two, what's your mission? You know, what are you willing to do to help people with their issues or share your mastery? And then number three, what are you motivated by? How do you want to be helped? How do you want to increase or improve your revenue, your business, your skill set? And, you know, really the most important one of those is the middle end, is the mission. Are, do you have a mission to help people? And the reality is some people don't, and that's okay. Some people just are all about me, me, me. Uh, they just want to be helped, and that's okay. There's a lot of successful people that are like that. But at M3, we want people who are there and they kind of believe like if you give, then you're going to get back. And what you saw, I think, Young, the people that we have there are amazing. And, you know, that's kind of who we are and what we're all about. Yeah, I can definitely attest to that. You know, I wasn't sure what to expect. And sharing my M3s, you get 60 seconds to share that. And uh, I was surprised at how quickly those 60 seconds go. You got a timer. If you go too long, yeah. yeah, you know. That that was great to listen to everybody's M3s because, like you said, it was such a community of people that were willing to give. And I feel like a common theme amongst the people that I've been fortunate enough to interview or mentors that I've been able to talk with is that as you give, you get. The more you give, the more you get. And that, that abundance mindset of like, there's enough for everyone to get what they would like to achieve. And the best way to do that is to help others achieve what they're trying to do. And so it was such an encouragement to be in an environment like that, where everyone was trying to help one another or connect or like, you know what, how can I be of assistance to young in this situation? And so that was an incredible thing that you guys do. Now, how often do does the group meet? How long is the platform go for? That's called our forums and our weekly forums. But the reality is we do about three a month. So we actually go two weeks on and one week off. It's rare that you have the same people on each meeting. So, you know, and we're growing a membership. We also have guests that come on. And what's cool about it is you may be there one week and see some members and some guests and then you might come back three weeks later and there might be completely different people you know it could be like three or four of the same people and what's awesome about that is you have opportunities to connect with people and work and solve issues and really the, the benefit of m3 is really most i think accomplished you, you you get the most out of m3 if you make the connections and the connect outside the forum you know it's about an hour and a half hour and 40 minutes on a Wednesday morning, if you're just going for that period of time on Wednesday morning, then you're wasting your time and money. It's a membership-based community. So we tell people, encourage people, exchange phone numbers, emails, and have conversations that you start and finish them during the week. And the feedback we've gotten from people and the, they're making connections, 
They're referring people for deals. People are getting invited to, to, to be on corporate boards. And that's how you really make it happen. You know, there's, we don't use the word networking because it's kind of a dirty word to us. You know, it's kind of a weird connotation. You know, everyone's been in networking groups. You walk in, you kind of feel weird. There's stale coffee, you know, kind of like shifty glances. Who would I talk to? It's uncomfortable. And so this isn't that. This is especially with the kind of people we have. It's a more open, warm, inviting environment. And right now it's virtual. So that's also kind of a very, you know, I think it's a, a pretty cool experience that we're able to do this during COVID in a way that's, you know, very low pressure and obviously safe. And once COVID's over, we'll also, we'll go back to having face-to-face when we can. We'll always have the virtual option as well. Yeah. The things that stood out for me being a guest, and once again, thank you for that invite, was the giving nature, the willingness of everyone to connect with one another. But also, there were some very accomplished people in that room, and yet you wouldn't necessarily have noticed that based upon ego or, you know, like a standoffishness. Everyone was very willing to communicate, to connect, and to really try to come from a position of how can I be of service? And uh, that was really refreshing to be a part of. I believe there's also other components of M3, not only the forum, but you guys have some mastermind groups and things like that. Could you touch on that as well? So whereas the forum will have 15, 20, 25 people at a forum, it's, you know, at some point there's too many people because they'll go too long. And if that's the case, then we'll have another one during the week. But that's where 30 25 people are there doing their M3s, takes about an hour and a half. And then after the M3s, you go to that breakout room where you have that connection. The mastermind group is where you have eight to 10 people, and that's your dedicated team. And you meet once a month for half day, maybe a day. Everyone signs NDAs, and you solve each other's issues. You know, Every month, you're there, and you're going deep into what your work issues are, what the opportunities are probably even some personal stuff. And it is a, you know, it's really a place where you get really, really deep, uh, deeply connect with people. And, you know, it's a, it's a safe zone. And as much as our forum is a great experience, you know, on a weekly basis, this is even a, a deeper level that people can can join. Yeah, I also participate in mastermind groups. And I feel like the benefit has been so drastic, being able to just share openly because a lot of times when you're in business if you are a high performer there is that feeling of like ah, i don't want to share my weaknesses i don't want to necessarily open up but having that safe space at which you can share and then you start to realize like you know these aren't exclusive to me right. other people probably have either gone through it or will be going through similar types of growing pains or issues. And so just right. being aware of that and then being able to then accelerate getting past it by hearing from people that have already gone through it, I feel like it's just so invaluable. And yeah. as you guys even mentioned in the video, you know, in the book, Think and Grow Rich, it's a big proponent of masterminds and such with Napoleon Hill. So I love that you guys are doing all of these things. Now, what attracted you to be a part of M3? Well, after my 
my last job, I, you know, took some time off. I really just golfed for about six months <laughs> and worked on that moderately successfully. Golf's never really that easy. And never is. by mutual friends, by you know, people who were, you know, this is a franchise. They'd franchised M3 and they were looking for people to, you know, different cities. So I franchised Chicago. I, I invested in the overall company, you know, so I've got a, a piece of that company, of the overall company, which I was excited to do because I saw really the power of, you know, what we're doing, not just the ability to get together and all the elements of it, but again, how we're doing it kind of that mission-based collaboration. And I said, this is great. You know, I could have gone back in, into working, you know, find another company where I would, you know, build a sales team and be part of the executive team maybe. But this was an opportunity to work with lots of different people and to create a, a community where people could come and from all different kind of walks of life, you know, with that, you know, that, that consistent theme of wanting to, you know, do cool things with each other and, and help out. You know, and I realized after, you know, each job that I've had, I realized that I got a lot out of the ones that, you know, ultimately people were being helped with at, uh, you know, Groupon, we were helping local merchants way back when I was cooking loans, helping people, you know, homeowners get their homes. And my last place is Centria. You can't feel a lot better about yourself than helping kids and their families with autism. So it was really attractive to me. And it's a nice combination of being an owner and entrepreneur, but also having, the support of kind of the home office, you know, and then there's also, you know, we're in Detroit, Philadelphia, um, Tampa, uh, DC, um, LA, New York, Vegas is launching. And I, and I hope I didn't forget anybody in there. And then, and then that's just where we are now. By the end of the year, we'll be in you know dozens of cities, probably 20 to 30. Yeah, no, I would imagine it's such a, uh, a great value for entrepreneurs to connect with other like-minded people and really come from a, a space of giving. And so I feel like it's just the beginning of M3. And that's why we're so excited to have you on now. And you said something there where it was like, it attracted you because you felt like you were helping, that you're giving, that you are contributing. And you mentioned there your previous endeavors there and Centria was the most recent one. What do you think is like the most important thing in terms of trying to grow an organization? Because you've had such incredible success doing that in your past endeavors. Right. Uh, so what do you think like would be important for somebody who is also looking to either grow a large company or an IPO or even like a sales team with individuals and such? Well, first of all, let me just say, because and it's very nice of you to say, you know, and I have had success. But obviously, I've worked with lots and lots of amazing people that have, you know, contributed to the success and that were great partners and employers or employees or teammates or whatever. So, you know, no one gets anywhere by themselves. But, um, For sure. but yeah. to answer your question, I think that's a, that's a big part of the answer. And that is you have to have amazing people that you work with. And so you, you have to hire very well. And to hire, you have to know what you're looking for. And to know that you have to have a philosophy, a very consistent philosophy that you are committed to and that the company is committed to. And so that's one amazing thing. You have to hire the right people. Then you have to be able to train them and make sure that they're bought into the system. You have to make sure you have a system, you know, and the system is part of the philosophy. 
And then you have to be able to make changes and, you know, sometimes do a hard stop and, you know, pivot to the right, pivot to the left, shut things down. You know, you have to fire people sometimes, you know, overall, you know, one of the things that uh, I learned a long time ago is that you can't agree on strategy until you agree on philosophy. So that ties back to the first thing, kind of that foundational, what, what is the philosophy? Like what's the overall company's philosophy? What's the philosophy within each you know, department, with the, you know, within each endeavor? What's our philosophy about going after this market segment? So those things have to be laid out. And, and then you can fight about strategy. You, know, you can definitely fight about, okay, I believe this, I believe that, we should try this. But if you don't believe ultimately in what, I guess, that belief system, if you don't agree on the belief system, then it's never going to work. So I think those are some of the common themes that, that I've seen. And, you know, let me also just say, I mean, I, I've learned by being bad at all those, you know, I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I was very bad at lots of stuff over the years. And, and I, I think I, I definitely got better. And I think that's another thing you got to do, but you got to, you know, check yourself and know when you kind of screw up and move on. And there were, <laughs> There were so many amazing tips in that one. I, uh, I didn't know what I said. I just totally blacked out. No, it, that was incredible. So first about like the resilience and understanding that in order for you to succeed, you're going to fail. Going back to what you were saying previous about golfing, there is no professional golfer that has never lost a golf ball. You have to fail in order to eventually succeed. But you have to keep going. So uh, that one was a really big one that I appreciated. And then having a strong philosophy is kind of that core foundation, I believe, is what you were saying there. Because without having a core philosophy or a guiding star, I guess, you don't really have any direction as to which way you're going to grow it. But once you have that in place, it seems like then at least even if you have some differences in opinions, as long as you have one common theme tying everything together, you can always point back to that uh, as kind of the tiebreaker or the decision maker, the ultimate decision making in there. So that was awesome. And then also just crediting like amazing people, making sure that you're working with amazing people and that you're all pulling from the same end of the rope. Because Nobody does anything amazing by themselves. I mean, maybe there are some people, but even then you have people that support you in the background, whether it's family or friends or business partners and such. So whoever is listening and or watching, you're going to want to watch that last four to five minutes again, because there were so many great nuggets in there. When you are growing an organization or a team, what are some like, and I don't know if this is even uh, applicable, but like, what are maybe like the most core metrics that you try to focus on? Well, it's an interesting question. I think one of the most important things is that they'll probably change over time. <clears throat> and so we saw that at Groupon, we saw that at Centria, and it's been a long time since I've been at Quicken Loans, and those guys are amazing. But, you know, yeah. But same kind of thing with them. And, a very smart person once said that, you know, once you start measuring something, it'll automatically get better or at least a little better because because you now, uh-huh. you know, some focus on it. But, you know, back at Groupon, when I started there and at Centria, there was very little measurement 
And so we just started doing, you know, kind of the basics. And if you want to just talk sales, you know, sales is a funnel. You know, funnel is like kind of a big V. The very top um, is everybody that you kind of want to talk to or that you've talked to or you've presented to or whatever it is. And at the very bottom of the funnel, the most important part is people that you've now you've won. They're your customers. So, you know, ultimately in a, I think a healthy sales organization and really any part of an organization, you're measuring every step along the way of, of the important things, whatever those are, you know, how many, how many prospects did you talk to? How many prospects did you find? And how many did you talk to? How many did you set appointments with? You know, how many did you call? Boom, 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 down to how many have said yes and now are your customers. And then once you're your customers, okay, how often are you not going to see them? How often have you talked to them? What are their issues? You know, so along that continuum are lots and lots of things that you can measure. Now, at some point, it, it becomes actually you can go overboard. It becomes painful. And that's one of the things that, that salespeople always complain about is, you know, I'm being micromanaged. And there's reality. And I was a salesperson and I certainly have, you know, a lot of empathy for salespeople. But I know, you know, I'm a salesperson also. And successful salespeople, they are successful because they do their own thing. They have their own personality. They're a little more mavericks, you know, than say someone who is a desk job who does the same thing every day. They're, we count on salespeople to go out there and make it happen. And when they feel like they're getting the clamps put on them or too much oversight, they kind of keep back. The truth is it's somewhere in the middle. You have to know what someone's doing, but you have to let them know that you trust them well enough, but you also have to have enough information to sit down and say, hey, could you be doing better? So it's a big balance. And what I've seen is that younger companies or early companies, you don't measure enough. And sometimes more experienced or on the other side of the spectrum, let's say, you have companies that are measuring too much. And so you, you got to be really sensitive to where that lies. Okay. Yeah. No, I, as part of a real estate sales team that I run as well, our coach always tells us everything improves when you start tracking and measuring it. So make sure that you track and measure. But again, you're also mentioned in there, like to be a salesperson, you need some sort of freedom. And again, our my coach always says that's the difference between like an artist and an operator. And you have to have a good balance of the two. Typically, you're skewed more one way or the other. So to know what your weaknesses are and try to work on that is important. And to track, but not, yeah, micromanage to the point where it's almost detrimental. So I think that that's such a great tip for anyone trying to achieve anything in life. Because even for myself, during quarantine, I ended up gaining some weight. <laughs> and my goal was then to try and move that weight back. And the best way to do that is to track and measure my weight on a regular basis. How's it going, by the way? It's going well, because I started to track and measure my weight daily as opposed to weekly or two weeks at a time and you realize when you're tracking and measuring it's easier to make small pivots than when you're going in a certain direction for an extended period of time and then you measure or track and you realize how far off course you've gotten 
And now you have to make drastic changes, which make it a lot more difficult. So once I started getting on the scale every day and then monitoring, that in turn helped me monitor what I'm intaking and started watching more how many steps I'm taking as well. But it all started from that first decision to track and measure, okay, what is my objective? I want to get down a certain number of pounds. So in order for me to do that, I got to track how I'm progressing in that endeavor. So I know that's a uh, a different thing, but at the same time, I think it's a universal truth that like you said, anything that you track and measure improves versus not tracking and measuring. So that was an incredible tip as well. I know you've had lots of successes, but you also mentioned a lot of failures. What are some pitfalls that you've experienced that you think either can be avoided that might be you've noticed now a little bit more common with either organizations or your journey or in talking with other people? Like what are some pitfalls yeah, that you've seen or encountered that you feel like you should look out for or try to avoid? Well, I think one of the big lessons that I learned, and, and so in the middle of Quicken Loans before I got to Groupon, I had a company called SureSpeak. And actually part of my time at Quicken Loans, I was a consultant and I had a company that I started called SureSpeak. And it was a technology I created it was video-based where there was role-playing and you would practice what you wanted to say and then you would save it and a coach could review it some other time. So it was part of sales training, but I also used it for kids that stuttered and also you know kids that were uh, learning disabled. I was very passionate about it. I mean, I started in 2000 or 99. I actually got a patent on it. It was way back before video cameras were in computers and the patent included software that you know we kind of foresaw that. And I went to Quicken Loans and I was kind of an, I called it an entrepreneur. So I was like really dedicated to Quicken Loans, but I, I was a consultant and I still had a vision of that I wanted to build a company. And long story, is a really long startup. And I, you know, I had pretty good revenue, but I, I was really not out there with lots of clients. I had one main client. And then when I went out to do that, to go and really build the company, 07, 08 hit and, you know, uh, really destroyed it. But along the way, there were multiple times where I should have just stopped. I should have pulled out. And mm-hmm. I didn't. And I was too personally, I was too emotionally tied to it. And the lesson that I learned, and I think it's a big lesson for lots of people who are just starting out, not necessarily in their career, but who are starting businesses, is you're going to start a business because you're very passionate about something. You're either passionate about the business, about the effect it's going to have, or passionate about yourself being an entrepreneur. But at some point, it may be that you have to, you know, realize that it's okay that you failed because if you're going to keep going, you're going to just harm yourself. You're going to burn out your money. You're going to burn out your desire, yourself. And I knew that I had gone too far when my last employee walked in to get paid and I didn't have any money. And I wrote her a check, like, you know, one of those visa checks you get. They're like, hey, use this check. (laughs) I wrote her from my credit card. She cashed it, but I was like, this is crazy. And I should have stopped, you know, six months or 12 months earlier or pivot or done something differently. So I'd say for people who are starting a business or who have a business, successful people are a little more dispassionate, are little, they don't go down that rabbit hole. They, they, they know when to pull out. 
Interesting. That hits home with me because uh, I've been in that situation before where I've had to borrow money to make payroll. And you realize like it's difficult because yes, you're passionate about something. You're almost too emotionally invested in what you're doing or the people. And you have to look at it from more of an analytical eye and take that step back sometimes and realize either if you need to pivot or you just need to move on. And that's a lot tougher for some than others. And it was very tough for me. And so that's that's great to hear that I'm not alone in that. But if you talk to enough entrepreneurs, I feel like that is a common theme. It's a learning process. Not everyone is wired to just give up on something right when they they see it because part of what makes you an entrepreneur is believing in something more than anyone else kind of believes in it so finding that balance but uh yeah that was great it is but the converse of that is that you know hunkering down and making it through you know lots of people have been successful there so there's that fine line you know and ultimately if things aren't going well it doesn't mean you throw the towel in but you have to take a real look at what's the market what am i doing are we doing things right do we just need to weather the storm or do we need to completely turn things around or we just need to throw the towel in and for me i really just needed to throw the towel in earlier or maybe even like six months or a year prior maybe do more of a pivot so Again, you know, I don't want people to think that I'm just saying because it's hard to tolerate. Again, my point is, if you're cutting muscle, then you know you're doing yourself damage, and I think that's what you've experienced as well. Yeah, no, and yes, there is that fine line. You never want to just give up on something, but being very self-aware and being critical of the situation, not from the perspective of you being the person that created it or was a big factor in it, but why it's so important to even be part of an organization like an M3 link is having those outside eyes. As one of my mentors says, it's really hard to read the label from inside the bottle. So it's like having those people that you trust that can give you advice or give you guidance. And that's why I feel like what you're doing now with M3 Link is such a valuable tool for so many entrepreneurs because we do have the same types of stories. It is not just all glitz and glamour and what you see at the end or the finish line, but it is a roller coaster of emotions. It's a roller coaster of ups and downs. There's a lot of sleepless nights. And whenever I mentor younger people that are trying to become entrepreneurs, I let them know, like, you know, it seems like it's great at the end, but there's a lot of sleepless nights. There are a lot of times when you feel like you're very alone and there's no one else out there that can help you. So just understanding that balance, but therefore, it's such a value to have an organization or a group of people that you can trust, mastermind with, and have other people that are willing to give and share like you guys are creating over there at M3 Link. So again, so much value and content in uh, in what we're discussing here for any entrepreneur. Well, I got a question. So going back, what was the qu- So your boss said you can't read the label from inside the bottle? 
That was your boss? Oh, one of my, no, one of my mentors. Okay. Uh, he, since he spent time in a bottle, because it's either it's, it's a very big bottle or it's a very small man. I'm okay the way. I want to point that out. It's a weird analogy, and I like it. By the way, you could also, I mean, you could probably read the label. I mean, if it's clear, you know, I, so I want to talk. That's true. That's true. Huh? I, you know, I didn't question it that much. I understood the concept, but he is a bigger man than me. I mean, it's not saying much. I'm not that big in stature, but uh, I'm sure he was not inside the bottle. But uh, I did understand the analogy. And uh, now I'm going to be always questioning it like you just did right there. So while doing this, like, why the decision to work with startups or sales teams versus maybe getting a corporate job like a lot of people end up doing out of school or business school or wherever i don't know if it was planned i mean i i got out of college and you know i wasn't going to go to you know med school or law school and i kind of fell into sales and i you know i i think i i think the freedom of not necessarily just sales, but the freedom of being part of something, you know, starting something. I mean, I think M3 is my seventh early stage or startup company. And probably just because it's more kinetic. There's a lot more stuff going on. And that's probably how my brain works. I'm a little better in, you know, operating in chaos. And, and I, I really like figuring stuff out. I love solving things. And I love coming with ideas. But doing the same thing over and over again every single day, you know, that's kind of where my soul goes to die. So, so being part of things that are new, you got to figure stuff out. They're fast paced. You're coming with ideas, you're trying them, they're working, they're not working. That's just always been a better, a better fit for me. Interesting. How do you stay motivated to continue to grow after you've had success? Like why not just continue playing golf all the time? Well, I mean, there's a financial reality. I mean, I probably could just play golf for a little while, you know, uh-huh. but then I would run out of money at some point. But <laughs> I think it's just about challenging yourself. You know, I mean, I, I feel I feel really good about my skill set and who I am and who I've developed into, but I don't think I'm done. I think if my 24-year-old self saw me where I am now, he'd probably be like, a, get a haircut, but then B, um, like, okay, you're not done. Like, there's more to do. So I, I think, I mean, I think that's innate in a lot of people. You want to just keep getting better. And I, I mean, it's part of really being an American, you know, being the best that you can be and challenging yourself. So I, I think, I think everyone wants to, I mean, that you, you know, you see a lot of people who maybe retire from what they're doing and they haven't, then they go start doing something else. And if, with the way the world is now, with so many different ways to do things and companies and technology, you can really, you know, start a whole different career, in, you know, in your 40s, 50s, 60s, or 70s. I don't know a lot of people that have truly, really retired when they're 50 or 60. I'm not that old. I'm, I'm kind of old, but I know a lot of older people, and they're all working, you know, and they're not working just because they have to, because they want to. Yeah, no, I uh, I think that that's so important uh, to just continue that trajectory of growth and not settling and or being complacent. I said this on this podcast and to a number of people, but yeah, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. There is no staying the same. 
So you have to pick a journey. I mean, even if you think you're staying the same, you're probably getting worse. So the focus on trying to get better and improve every day is just so important in terms of just even personal satisfaction and feeling good about yourself. So what do you feel like maybe you've encountered a lot of people that also have been successful? What do you think are some like common factors of what successful people do? Well, off the top of my head, I think one thing is I think successful people don't take things that personally. I I think if you're really going to solve problems, you have to be able to put your ego aside. A lot of the times, and certainly true for me, a lot of the times the problems I'm solving, I created, you know, and if you're, (laughs) you're, and if you're defensive and you can't acknowledge that, then you're, and I'm sure we all know people like this. And I think I, way back when, I'm sure I was like this, then you're like blaming other people because you don't want to recognize it came from you. Or maybe the person you're talking to, it was their fault and they don't want to recognize it. And you just are spinning in circles of just anxiety and frustration. So I think you have to honestly put some emotion aside to solve problems. At the same time, emotion and passion are a big part of, you know, how people succeed. So I think that's a delicate balance. You know, when you need to pause and say, okay, what's really going on here, regardless of whose fault it is. Or sometimes you say, okay, it's your fault. Don't do it again. Let's move on. And then, okay, now we're going to press accelerator and we're going to go, now we're going to be all passion, all, you know, all go, 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 you know, get it done. So I think that's a, I think it's a big one. I think you're also, you know, smart people are important and smart people. And also maybe people who aren't necessarily Harvard type people, everybody can learn. And you have, I think you also have to be a kind of person who says, I want to learn. Going back to my first point, you can't learn if you don't know that you have to. Yeah, no, that's so true. Like in Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, it's uh, having that growth mindset, just trying to continually grow and get better, but also being very self-aware of what the issue is. That's incredibly helpful. If somebody was getting into sales or into growing a team, is there a book or a resource or something like that that really had an impact on you? Or was it just mostly like learning on the job type of thing? I can honestly say that I read a lot of business books or a lot of, you know, inspirational type books. I I, I did actually, I take that back. So I, I did Dale Carnegie. You know, several times um, I did like the regular course, the advanced course, and that was really good. And Dale Carnegie, you know, it's a combination of like connecting with your kind of your internally, your emotions, and also learning some basics. And I, I learned some great things that I still remember. I'll tell you one of them. It's one of his golden rules. It's something like the more you get to know somebody, the more they'll like you. Originally, when I maybe when I was younger, I would think, okay, the more that I talk, the more that I talk, the more I'm going to convince you to like me. But really what happens, the more I'm talking, if you're really interested, the more I'm liking you because I'm getting a chance to express myself. Yeah. It's a, a very helpful thing. So, you know, but beyond that, I will say that I think writing is important. And I think just, hmm. I don't like journaling. Journaling is such a, I don't know, such a weird word. Uh, it seems kind of arrogant. I don't know. Maybe it's not. I, I found the other day, I have uh, my notes from my first week at, well, it was Rock Financial. It was, was a predecessor to Quicken Loans. I literally found my first week notes of, of just my experience of, you know, you know, kind of little diary. I also have a, um, I went to like one of those Dale Carnegie courses and you've got like, you know, like a workbook where you write down all these things you want to do and what you, you want your life to be. 
And so it's fascinating to look back over time. So I think, I think that's also important, just writing some stuff down, reading what you write. And I know a lot of people don't consider themselves writers necessarily. Just write down, you know, things that have happened just factually. And I think you look back at it, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, no, I, I think that writing, journaling, um, just documenting the process is so important. And uh, another thing one of my mentors says is, you know, it's just helpful to do a brain dump. Just write out things that you're either thinking about or that are on your mind. Not only does it help just get it out when you write it out on paper, but, you know, some of the stuff might actually be good. Whereas if it's just in your head, it's just in your head. Eventually it goes away and it does you no benefit and you just kind of keep going in loops. Yeah. But once you write it out, it becomes so much more clear as you're writing it out. So it doesn't have to be like great grammatically or even make sense to anybody else. But just yeah. getting your thoughts out on paper, I feel like has such a profound impact on personal growth and also a good way to kind of reflect on what you were thinking in the past. And it also is a good barometer of like how much you've grown in some areas and maybe how you haven't grown in other areas. But in either case, it's a good way for you to kind of to look back and see that progress or things that you need to work on. I think that that was incredibly helpful. And like I said, I appreciate this time that you have provided for us. I know there's so much more that we could talk about. And you already gave such great advice. And I feel like we're just kind of in the tip of the iceberg there. And so hopefully we can have you on again in the future. But I wanted to make sure that people are able to connect, as you see from our conversation and from Darren's personality and what I experienced from participating in the M3 Forum is just how much value there is in connecting with other like-minded individuals that want to give, that want to build a community and grow together as opposed to, hey, if I'm growing at your expense. It's so much more rewarding when you all grow together because you're helping, you're giving, you're sharing. And so that's what I love most about the community that you guys are trying to build there at M3 Link. So Darren, what is the best way that people can try and reach out? Because it's not that you guys accept everyone. So how can people find out more information about the organization or maybe try to be a part of the membership there? First of all, you can go to chicago.m3linked.com and you can click request your private invite and we will receive it and you'll register and we'll, you know, we'll put you down and we'll give you instructions how to attend a forum. Uh, for the most part, everybody can attend as a guest. If, and then once you attend as a guest, if it, we think it's a good fit, it's something you want to uh, do, then we can talk about being a member. Or you can email me directly at Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N dot Schwartz at uh, m3link.com. And that's it. We're excited to, to spread our wings here in Chicago. We, we also, again, we have lots of communities throughout the country. And also within the Chicago group, I have some people who are out of state as well. I've got, you know, a guy in Florida, a couple of people in different states. So that's how, you know, check us out. And if it's a fit, great. You know, Young, I'm really happy that you had me on here. I was really happy to have you at the forum. Got some great feedback from our members. They really enjoyed talking to you. I think I talked to Luke, who said he had a great conversation with you. So Yeah, I found his contact information and a bunch of other people that reached out on LinkedIn. It's just such an amazing forum and a community to be a part of. 
And I'm so excited to delve deeper with all of those people. It's an amazing thing that you're doing. I wish you just continued success. We'll have Darren's contact info and the website was chicago.m3link.com if you want to try and become a guest and check it out. Again, it's not for everyone, but if you are an open-minded, giving entrepreneur that has a level of success and you want to grow by giving to others, please check that link out or message Darren directly at his email. You can always also find him on LinkedIn and we'll have all of the contact information in the show notes. So please look out for that. But I can't stress enough how valuable I think it is to have other people that you can rely on, that you can trust, that are going through either what you have gone through or what you are going through. So please check them out again. And please send a message to Darren and thank him for all of the wisdom that he just shared with us in this uh, 50 minutes that we've been together. So Darren, thank you again. I know that we'll be communicating and collaborating more in the future, but I wanted to thank you for being on Chicago Business Review. And everyone, if you found value in this episode, if you could please like, share, subscribe, There were so many incredible nuggets in this episode. So please, uh, we appreciate the feedback and the comments. And uh, we'll see you guys next time with another great episode. And hopefully we'll continue to provide value. But we appreciate you spreading the word for the Chicago Business Review. So till next time, we'll see you guys later. My name is Young Lee, and I'm your host signing off. Thanks again, Darren. Thank you. Thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. I truly respect your time, so I hope this was valuable to you. And if you're a new listener, then thank you for checking out the show. And don't forget, you can find all the resources, links, and show notes on our Facebook group, Chicago Business Review. Just go to Facebook and search Chicago Business Review so that you can find out all the latest info on future podcasts, get all the show notes, and network with other highly successful and driven entrepreneurs and professionals in Chicago. Also, be sure to contact me while you're over there and share any feedback, questions, or guest recommendations you have as well. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.